Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you Rocky Horror fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker, practicing the time warp again, and thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. We're in for a real treat today because it's our annual Get Ready for Halloween Early show, which includes a revisit with the one and only Barry Bostwick, who played Brad Majors in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And in just a few minutes, you'll hear Barry reminisce about his experiences while filming that outrageous cult classic. He also talks with Alan Levy, co-founder and CEO of Blog Talk Radio, as well as with other fans concerning those popular midnight shows connected with the movie. And he reveals fascinating details concerning what it was like working with Susan Sarandon, his favorite scene in the movie, and much more. We also have a live chat going on during the entire show today, so let's check with Nikki Starr for a report about that. Nikki, are all systems going in the chat room? They are, and I am so excited to be back, especially the show. Oh, I, it's just such a treat to have you back with thank us. Thank you. We've missed you so much, and I want to thank you for being here to help with the show, and I want to thank the people who sign up for the uh, chat as well as our other listeners. And, Nikki, I know Barry Bostwick <laughs> is one of your favorite guests. He is. Just as he is mine. Why yes. don't you tell our listeners why? Why do you like him so much? I love him so much because he's so honest and open. And remember, like, we did a show with him after this one? Yeah. And he co-hosted with you. Like, I had issues with my phone. He was like, I got you, Nikki. It's fine. I love him. I love him. He is, he, he is everything, everything that, that you say. And um, he, he just seems to be so interested in the people yep. who are interviewing him or I agree. Uh, calling in. Like, truly just, interested. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's not put on. He's not pretentious in, no, in not any at all. way. So. Not at all. So that's why I know you're as uh, happy as I am each year to uh, revisit this uh, interview, which is definitely it. one of one of our favorites. And and you did mention that we uh, talked with Barry after this interview. Um, we did. And the other movie that he came on to talk about with was a strange one. FDR. Right. Did you see it? <laughs> American badass. Right, but did you see it? I did see it. I did see okay. it. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> Remember, he weird. said he said that that if I saw it, there would I wouldn't ever want to talk with him again. That's not but true, I, but it was kind of weird. <laughs> It was good. And remember he said the only reason he agreed to come on the show was to hear me say American Badass. He did. That's correct. But he plays uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt as a werewolf in that one, and, of course, he was great. Oh, and by the way, Nikki, 
I can hardly wait to see Barry in the upcoming horror movie and listen to this title. It's called Slay Bells, but that's spelled (laughs) S-L-A-Y, in which he plays Santa Claus. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So I wish we could, maybe we can get him back before Christmas. (laughs) I think we probably could. I'm just saying. Playing Santa. <laughs> but today we're focusing on the Rocky Horror Picture Show, so uh, it's probably a good idea to give listeners some background information about that film, um, although uh, most people know a lot about it. But I was surprised to learn that Rocky Horror bombed when it first opened in 1975, mm-hmm. and, and then it was those midnight shows that, you know, just kind of catapulted the film into cult uh, status. And then, um, fairly recently, a couple of years ago, uh, TV's Glee featured um, its own version. Did you see that? I did. It was amazing, by the way. They did a great job. They did. I loved it. I I did, too. And that episode, I think, became one of the most popular one of the series. Uh, And, of course, they did all those musical numbers, which... They're they're noted for, and one of the things that people like about this movie is that it makes fun of B movies, science fiction, and horror yeah. films from the 1940s through the 1970s, yeah. and it was adapted from the British rock musical written by Richard O'Brien, directed by Jim Sharman, and Nikki. I know you you will never forget seeing Tom, uh, Tim Curry. Make that film debut Hello. as <laughs> what my was favorite. That was your favorite. <laughs> my favorite. Doctor Frankenfurter. Yes, he was, he was wearing so... a bustier and fishnets. You don't You're understand so... how that changed my life. It changed my life. It, did. it, did change, it changed your life, as it we'll did. hear later. As we will hear I know. later. I know. And, I know. And then Barry. Poor Barry and Susan, Susan Saran, and they're, they're just this innocent couple. They just look so innocent, and they stumble into the, what's it called, the Doctor's Annual Transylvania Convention. Right. And then shocking results ensue for everyone involved, and it's just a, 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 an experience. And, and we'll hear from Barry a little bit more about that. But before hearing from him, I, I do want to r- remind everyone of uh, his remarkable showbiz accomplishments. I mean, people think of him primarily about that uh, the mayor, the clueless mayor on Spin City. But he's been in over 120 films and TV productions, and he can sing, he can dance, and of course we all know he can act. He created the role of Danny Zuko in Greece on Broadway and won a Tony for his work in The Robber Bridegroom. And my gosh, the TV programs he's been in, Scrubs and Law and Order SVU and George Washington and... War and Remembrance, he actually won a Golden Globe for his role in War and Remembrance and those movies. The first time I saw him was in Movie Movie, and I just, he just knocked my socks off, and I've been a fan ever since. He was in Spy Hard, Some Guy Who Kills People, and as we mentioned earlier, FDR, American Badass. Now, I said that again just in case Barry is listening. So, it's my great pleasure now to present... Barry Bostwick's interview about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So here's Barry and some of his fans. 
But my first question, Barry, is how did you manage to get the role of Brad Majors back in 1975? Well, you know, these kind of things, they sometimes they just sort of happen organically. I had been doing <clears throat> a lot of Broadway musicals, and so I was sort of known for being the sort of musical comedy boy uh, in the early 70s. That was right after Grease in 72. Well, and did you I, win a Tony for one of those musicals? I did a Tony. I got a Tony two years later for a musical called The Robber Bridegroom in 1977. Right. So it was uh, it was uh, during this sort of period and of of my really heavy involvement in musicals and. Um, uh, and I just went and auditioned for it like everybody else, except, interestingly enough, Susan Sarandon and I auditioned together. We oh. were called in together, we read together, we sang together, and we got the job together. And <clears throat> I guess they sort of had paired us up before we even auditioned. To, you know, She had quite a, a resume of films already. I, I was somewhat new to the film business, having come from the stage more. Well, the two of you just looked so great together. I can see why why you were picked as uh, as Brad and Janet. What was it like to work with Susan Sarandon? Oh, she's a real pro. I mean, not only that, she's just the smartest person in the world, and and was um, uh, so available to learn some new things. I mean, she had really never sung before, and uh, she just worked so hard to. Uh, um, uh, get up to speed with all of that, and um, but you know her charm and her beauty just carried her through all of that, and she and she exceeded uh, and succeeded, and and she was um, um, you know she she's I keep on saying she's so smart and she's so dedicated and uh, and has a great sense of humor that it it, it made it made what could have been a very rough time you know, very enjoyable. Well, I, that's what I wanted to ask you about because I know we had we had talked uh, before uh, for another uh, article that I was writing, and you talked a little bit about some of the obstacles that you faced while, while filming. Uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Well, it was constantly raining. Uh, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a very low-budget film. I think it was made for under a million dollars, which is sort of unheard of these days. Uh, not that it hasn't generated, you know, a hundred times that or three hundred times that since it's been released. But um, so, therefore, it was really a low budget, low, low, you know, rent kind of, you know, endeavor for the producers. They had done the the original show on stage in London and in Los Angeles, and they just sort of wanted to get it on film and and do something that just sort of put it all to bed. You know, they had been with the show for so long tim had been with it for a long time and um and so we were shooting on sound stages that didn't have toilets and shooting in the old castle that had holes in the roof the roof was falling in and you know we were <laughs> all frankenstein's castle <laughs> yeah yeah well it, the hammer film hammer horror movies used this old manor house or castle which is right across the field from bray studios where we had a sound stage with our main set set up. And so when we wanted to do anything that was inside of the castle, we just sort of trekked across the field into this old broken-down house. And uh, we had to sort of stay on the first floor, because if you went any higher than that, you got drenched from the rain coming through the holes in the roof. 
Oh no! And so yeah, so Susan came back with pneumonia. I oh. was uh, I was pretty much just wet the whole time, and uh, um, but you know what? It 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 I'd never been to England before, so it was it was it was opened my eyes up to a whole new world of of people and things and uh, uh, and ways to spend my money, the little money I had. <laughs> So in spite of the obstacles, you had some enjoyable experiences while while filming the movie. Oh, I had a great time. I I, I think I discovered flea markets when I was in London. That <laughs> that trip. Uh, every weekend I was down at some Bermondsey market or something, you know, buying little trinkets and this and that, and uh, uh, it was um, it was a great time. It was just it was just a great time, and we worked hard. I mean, we worked very very hard in that movie. Well, it certainly showed in the in the result. What's your favorite scene in the movie? Uh, wow, my favorite scene in the movie was probably a scene that was cut and then put back in in a later version. A uh, song that I sang in the bedroom with uh, Frankenfurter, um, and uh, uh, it was like post sex post sex with him, and I had this song and. Uh, and it was just sort of in the wrong place in the film. Uh, it, it stopped the action, and I understood why they cut it in the final edit, because uh, uh, the movie was really pushing forward at that time, and it sort of s- stopped everything cold in its tracks. But it's on one. Of, it's on the newer uh, releases of it as a sort of addendum, and uh, uh, it's really quite good. So it's in the DVD. Uh, versions that are out now, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know if it's been edited into the actual place or if it's something that's been added on at the end, uh, just as a curiosity, you know. Well, did you have any idea when you were making this film? Uh, oh, okay, I'm sorry to stop you. The, the other thing I really oh. enjoyed was oh. uh, was the make-out scene in the, in the pool where everybody was uh, dressed up in uh, bustiers and... and uh, uh, and high heel shoes, and we all jumped in the pool and uh, were uh, fondling each other. <laughs> well, I guess you would. I love that, and, I, and, I, and it, that that became a problem because when you get out of the pool, we had to sing a song and do a floor show dance routine, and we were all just <clears throat> wet, slippery, and uh, you know, d- dancing's hard enough, but try to do it in six inch spike heels, you know, on a wet floor. <laughs> Now you have have respect for Ginger Rogers, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> well, I my favorite, of course. I, I am an avid musical fan, and I just absolutely loved the time warp, the routine to let's do you know, and let's do oh, the yeah. time warp again, and the and the lyrics and everything. But did you have any idea that this movie would become such a cult classic? No, I mean I don't even think cult cla- cult cult things didn't really exist at that time. This sort of uh, uh, you know created a whole new genre. I mean, I think Pink Flamingos was out or something, but uh, uh, it was um, uh, you know it was discovered by the fans, created by the fans, and became a spectacle because of the fans. Uh, we just thought we were making another Sound of Music. You know, we, <laughs> yes. we just didn't. We just didn't. Uh, we just thought we were making another film, just another musical film, and. Nobody could have anticipated the the edge uh, that it developed uh, in the public's eye, and uh, the and the way it just sort of caught on, like 
you know, like a like a brush fire from coast to coast, meeting up in Kansas City somewhere a few years later, um, and uh, you know, it, it to me, it, it we we were just having fun, and and I think it shows. Well, it does show uh, in up there on the screen, and I remember that uh, Susan Sarandon said that this is the only one of the many films that she made that she thinks will be in a time capsule. Oh, <laughs> and, really? Yeah, and I was wondering, where where does Rocky Horror Picture Show rank in your list of career achievements? Uh, you know what? It's one of those sort of sidetracks, one of those uh, um, sort of alleyways that a career goes down, and, and it, it hits the end of the alleyway, and then you sort of turn around and come back, but it doesn't really lead anywhere because it's such a one-off. It's such a unique experience. You know, I mean, I didn't, after the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I didn't go out and do four other, uh, you know, musicals about transvestites. No. <laughs> they're, they're just, they just weren't out there, you know. So, and uh, it was, uh, it, it to me, it was, it's a, it's a, I'm very proud of the work. I'll always be, uh, uh, amused by it, and certainly I'm uh, appreciative to the fans who keep it alive year after year after year after year after a year, you know. And uh, I'm, uh, and I wish I could do something else like it, you know. Um, oh, I I wish you could too. Uh, I'd be first in line, I think. And you know, this I really think that this movie deserves its uh, cult following because. Just it's it's really there's a lot beneath the surface in this mm-hmm. film, and of course I loved the, all the outrageous costumes and the makeup and the unusual music, but it seemed to me that it was kind of exploring the feeling of being different and the the pain that goes with that with that feeling. It just it's it was kind of melancholy in a way too. So it had more going for it, I think, than than just uh, being bizarre and uh, and outrageous. And, of course, I'm just under the spell of that uh, Richard O'Brien music, yeah. especially especially the, the time warp. Well, well, you know what? Let me just ask you. I mean, the, the, pro- the thing I, I, I think is one of the reasons why it, it took off is because of exactly what you're talking about. You know, these sort of disenfranchised kids who had no place to go on Friday night and... and, and you know, maybe there was five of them in every little city around the country who felt like they just didn't belong anywhere. And they created a place for them to belong. They created their own society. They created their own friendship. They created their own party every weekend. You know, they created a place for them to act out and and be who they thought they were, you know, and who they think they were inside and uh, in, in a safe environment where they wouldn't be... Uh, mocked or belittled uh, you know i mean outside it, it was uh to me it, you're right there's a, there is a melancholiness to it i mean look at the last scene of the of the of the movie you know we're 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 groveling around in the mud and the in the dust and and uh uh it there's yeah i think there's it it works on so many levels it certainly does and I'm just so sorry that I'm, I've missed any of the midnight shows where uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show has played, and, two, and, and uh, you know, one of those parties that you're talking about, because that must have been so much fun. 
for the people taking part in it. So well, maybe was, I can catch one out here yeah. in the sticks. <laughs> well, that's that's really what you know what it is. I mean, it's that's that's what made it what it what it is. I, I mean, I think if you didn't first see it in the theater with a cast of kids, you know, playing the movie in front of the movie and all of that, you really miss the experience of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, you could take the tape and go home and play it and enjoy it, you know, on on just purely a filmic level. But it's it's really a happening. It's really an exper- experiential. Yeah. You, you had to become part of it uh, to to totally get it. I think, and that's why it has it has so many fans. I I think it's uh, time now to check with uh, my helpful producer Nikki Starr to see. Okay. If we have any callers, and by the way, Barry, mm-hmm. Nikki is also a big fan. <laughs> oh, Nikki, hi. Hi, Nikki. Hi. hi. Nice to so meet nice. you. <laughs> yes, I am. I am a big fan. Well, thank you. Very big fan. And we actually do have a caller. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you for holding 512. You are on Movie Attic Headquarters with Barry Bostrick. Hi, this is Sunny Goodman. Hi. hi. How are you? Fine. I have another blog talk show. Nikki and I have been talking on the chat room. Barry, I just love you. Oh, well, thank you. And I have loved you for 30 years. <laughs> Welcome to the club. And you're only yes. 30 and you're only 34 years old? That's it. I went when I was 4. No, I uh went there when I was about 26 or older. Uh-huh. Than that, and I worked in a psych unit as a nurse. Oh, wow. And we got off and we went to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show in San Diego. Oh my god. And it was just bizarre. <laughs> And I thought I went from one psych unit to another. (laughs) (laughs) And how many people from the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show ended up in your psych unit eventually? (laughs) I I don't think that there was an estimate on that. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I just wanted to say I really like you. I have another uh, blog talk radio show for erotic writers. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I just thought it was more of an erotica movie than it was uh, a horror movie, really. Yes, I know. I think you're right. I mean, it was really pushing the pushing the envelope there, wasn't it? It was wonderful, yeah. I'm so excited to talk to you after all these years, my friend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, it was nice to talk to you, too, and thanks for the compliments. Okay. Well, I'll let somebody else talk to you so they get just as excited as I am right now. Oh, all well, right. sweet of you. Thank Bye. you so much for calling. Bye bye. Thank you, Betty Joe. And we do have another caller. Okay. Great. Thank you for holding 806. You're on the Hi. air. Hi. Hi. Who's calling, please? My name's Annette. Um, I'm also another host on Blog Talk Radio. I just had to call in and say hi to Barry. I do have a couple of questions for you. Shoot, shoot. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I wanted to know, I was curious if you guys knew about the phenomenon of the movie with the people standing up and acting it out at the time, and if you ever snuck into one to see what it was about. Uh, once that took off a few years after we made the movie, uh, you know, the movie was a huge failure when it first came out, and then yeah. it was rediscovered by the fans, and then, and then it, this sort of whole party atmosphere was created, and and I was very curious, and so I went into uh, New York, and well, I was living in New York at the time, but I went and saw it and sat in the back, and uh, nobody recognized me, so I was able to really see over a period of time 
the sort of growth of the audience participation um, all the way up until when an actual album was made of all the shenanigans that went on in the audience as opposed to what was going on on the screen, which was in many ways more fascinating to me because I knew what was going to be on the film. But what what was constantly surprising was what people were yelling out at the film. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, and they weren't always complimentary to me. (laughs) Right. The only things I really remember, because I never got to experience that. I was a little young when the movie first came out, and... Uh uh, and uh, not that I'm young now, but <laughs> yes. um, but I remember seeing it in the movie Fame, yeah. where they talked about where they went and saw it and and did all that, and they're like, kick it, kick the tire, and then you kick the tire in the movie and uh, stuff like that. But the other question I have for you is kind of a stupid one, but I was just wondering how you enjoy dressing in drag and doing all that stuff. Dressing in drag, uh, I think that uh, at the, I would think I would enjoy dressing in drag at any age. I just like most like people like to dress up for Halloween. Right. Actors, actors, just we dress up for a living. Whether I'm putting a suit on or whether I'm putting on culottes and a you know a pink sweater, um, <laughs> it's just it takes me away from my mundane uh, daily existence and. It uh, lets me fantasize and uh, create, uh, you know, somebody unique and new for myself. And uh, um, for for actors who have multiple personalities, which most of us do, it's a it's a perfect way to act it out. And um, uh, I wish I had held on to some of those uh, costume pieces. I probably could become quite rich on eBay at the moment if I still oh, had my. Yes my stiletto heels, but uh, who knew? (laughs) knew? Right. Okay. Uh, Well, thank you so much for answering my question. Well, thank you for asking. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks. Bye-bye. And we have another caller. (laughs) Great. Thank you for holding. Thank you for holding, 201. You're on the air. Yeah, hi. This is Alan Levy. How are you? Hi, Alan. This is very Bostwick. Mr. Bostwick, this is Blog Talk Radio CEO Alan Levy. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Nice, uh, welcome to uh, the Blog Talk Radio Network and Betty Jo's show. It sounds great. Oh, good. Nice to have your, your fans calling in. But I have to say that when I saw that you were on the uh, the banner and coming on the show, I, I, was, I grew up in, in Long Island mm-hmm. and in the 70s. I graduated high school in 77. And at Uniondale, I lived 10 minutes from Uniondale, and that was the Rocky Horror. That's where it started, I think, one of the places. I don't know about in L.A., but in New York, right? You were prime meat. Prime. It was every Friday night at midnight. We were online waiting, and just that's where we that's where we went. That was our Friday night. In did, long, you, did, you, did you dress up? Did what? you dress up? No, I, 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 was, I was more in overalls and doing other things. I didn't dress up. You're a chicken. Uh, I was throwing stuff though. I was good at throwing. I didn't dress up, but <laughs> there was plenty of people though that were dressing up, and uh, it was just the place. You know, we would go there. It, it was really a, a weekly thing. It was incredible. That it was so much energy there. It's incredible. That was at Uniondale, uh-huh. as you recall. I don't know. if yeah. you, you guys must have done some some shows there or something too, or visited that place. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, uh, did you did you yell back at the screen? Yes, yeah. We all yelled at the screen. We knew the words. I mean, this was honestly it was a weekly thing. And uh, it how was, many times it, would you say you saw it? Fifty. Wow. <laughs> fifty <laughs> times. <laughs> um, I mean, at least fifty. I don't know. I mean, it was it was the whole it was it was it was the social. It was either you know you go to the co- a concert or you go uh-huh. if you're not going to a concert. It, in Uniondale at NASA Coliseum, then you go to Rocky Horror, and you get there at 11, you wait online, everyone's hanging around, doing their thing, you see the movie, and then you're at the diner after. I mean, that was, funny. It was that's really one of the early places where Rocky Horror became, you know, this, uh, had this identity. Was there, a right? cast, was there a cast doing the show in front of the movie? You know, a few times they did, and there was a few of few of the people that would would come in and they were dressed up in full garb, and they would go up into the front of the audience in the in the the stage, and they would go and either do some stuff before the movie, or they would certainly walking up and down the aisles during the movie. Yes. Yeah. But it hadn't really taken off yet, where they they had organized this sort of show in front of the show yet. No. No. This yeah. is really when, I mean, I don't know, when did, it, did the movie come out? Around 75? 75, yeah. Yeah. So this was 76. So 75, it was still very fringe, of course. It was on mm-hmm. the outside, on the edge. But this Uniondale Theater was the only place in Long Island I think it was playing. Wow. It was there, and no, I think it was at the Waverly in New York City. I think it had, it had started in the city, and it worked its way out to the island, and then... Uh, it just caught on, you know, and just started traveling around and uh, became the sort of hip and interesting and, uh, you know, happening thing to do. Right, yeah. But thank you for being part of the of the whole Rocky <laughs> Horror experience. And yeah, well, it was the formative, uh, look, formative years of my life, but it was uh, it was a pleasure. And, uh, Did it warp you in any way? <laughs> I, I survived that. Uh, yeah? I wasn't, you know, there were some people that were deadheads in, those, in that era that would go to 50 dead shows and... And, and they was everything the dead they had to travel everywhere. I mean, I wasn't like that with Rocky Hard. Just I grew up in Long Island in Nassau County, mm-hmm. and it, we had we didn't have a lot of things to do. But Rocky, that's where everyone congregated, so we went there, and so therefore we got to see, you know, the movie. You know, I, I attended it fifty times. I'm not sure how many times I got through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, so. But anyway, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm glad you're on the network and enjoying uh, Blog Talk Radio. And, and Betty Jo, thanks for your, sh- your time. Oh, thank you. thank you. This has just been such a treat for me, and I really appreciate you calling in, Alan. Well, my pleasure, and enjoy. Have a thank good you, day. Alan. Thanks, Bye-bye. Alan. Bye-bye. And that's all the callers. We have four minutes left. Well, oh. weren't they wonderful? Yeah. Thank you so much. You I mean, it was... So- uh, so many, many fans. And now, Nikki, I think you said that you had a question, too, when we were talking earlier. Well, I have a couple couple of them, but most um, I have some questions in the chat that I'd like to get to him. Some of the fans want to know if you if you have any pictures from when you were on the set. Do you keep any? Did you keep any photographs from when you were on the set? I keep looking for them because I'd like to. I'd like to get a make a picture book or something of this sort of backstage thing, but I can't find any. Um, there wasn't the time in which digital cameras. If we had digital cameras, there'd be more pictures, you know, than you could you could ever possibly sell. But uh, we, I had a, I have a few, but nothing that that's uh, you know that's that unique. Um, I've got one of us standing in a in a drying booth after one of the uh, scenes in the pool, after the booth had just caught on fire, 
we had a fire on the set and almost burnt the whole set down because oh. the heat, heaters got too close to the walls in this little room that we would go in to heat to, to sort of warm up because the pool wasn't heated or anything and it was the middle of winter and um, uh, I have a picture of that and uh, a few others but no I wish I did I you know probably I had more and they and who knew what the show was going to become or I would have saved them all and right archive yeah hindsight's 2020 yeah. and then I have I just have a confession uh-huh. to make um <laughs> that that Rocky Horror Picture Show gave me a fetish for men in bustiers Oh, this nets. Yep, asked <laughs> me about my life too. And, so, and yeah. how do you and how do you find men to do that? How do you <laughs> well, convince them to do it? <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. 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 You know, it's all about trade. <laughs> it's all about see. trade. But I yeah, see. I have I have fond memories, and it's a great one of my top ten movies. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, the, the, I think the really interesting thing about it is that everybody has some kind of of a memory about it. It's like not a lot of movies do you carry something with you into your future, you know, going, oh, I remember that Friday night or those 50 Friday nights, you know. it's uh, You see a movie and you just sort of say, oh, that would entertain me for the time that I was there. But this was about adolescence. This was about changing of your of your whole personality. And, uh, you know, it's... That's well was, said. Well, well said, Barry. You know, it's, it's really a, a special, unique uh, experience as well as a movie. But my goodness, I hate to be the party pooper. It's oh. astounding. Time is fleeting. Oh. And we're almost out of time now. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much, Barry. For well, all up. I can say is just don't dream it, be it. Exactly. <laughs> it sure exactly. meant a lot to Nikki and me as well as to your other fans and the people who love the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, thanks so much to Nikki for, for helping out today. I also want to thank Barry Bostwick again for being such a great guest. Now, dear listeners, I think you understand why Barry Bostwick is one of our very favorite guests, and it was such a wonderful surprise when Alan Levy called in to share his personal experience with the Rocky Horror Midnight shows. And Nikki and I, today, uh, during this show, this live show, we're very jealous of uh, Joanda Wiseman, who is in the chat room and is a Rocky Horror fan. And Joanda actually has participated in the midnight shows for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. She would usually go dressed as uh, Janet, and then one time uh, she and her friends were actually called up on the stage to perform. So, Joanna, thank you for joining us in the chat room, and we really uh, are jealous of you because I don't think that Nikki and I have had uh, that type of experience, and no wonder those memories are uh, something that that you will carry with you uh, forever. I also was so touched to hear our dear friend Sonny Goodman call in, who is no longer with us. And uh, Nikki, um, Thank you for being in the chat room again today. You're welcome. And I was uh, I was wondering, um, what did you enjoy the most about that Barry Bostwick interview? Well, there's nothing that I don't enjoy about him. I mean, I'm like I'm really a fan girl. I am. 
but I love how he took us back scene and like gave us some information about how everything went and the fire and and the fact that seriously he that movie changed my life. It did. It did. So well was that and you you told um Barry that this was in your uh, top ten movie list. And oh, it is. Is that, oh, yeah. is that the is that the reason? Because it uh, it did change your life. Yes, it did. And like I never like how do you know when? Well, I was super young when I saw it, but how do you know what you like as a fetish? Which is kind of weird, but you know, well, I'm not like I wasn't ten, but anyways, like how do you know what you like as a fetish until you see it? Like, that movie just meant everything to me. I love it. I love the movie. I'll watch it a hundred times. I do. I, I have, just love it. I love it. I have, too. And, of course, I the reason I, I like the movie so much is because of the music. And, and we will be playing right. my favorite uh, right. musical number to close the show. But I um, I thought that we should tell the listeners uh, who didn't have a chance to hear uh, our um show last year uh, with Barry Bostwick and talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Remember, we had Larry Vizel and Sean Sutler, two very avid fans of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. They came on the show and talked about a documentary that they were trying to get funds for, and it's called Rocky Horror Changed My Life. My Life. Yeah, and um, I checked yesterday and found their No, they are doing great. Yeah. They are. You've kind of followed them? Yeah, they are. Yep. Oh, always. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, it just... They got all their funding. Yep. They did get their funding. They did get all their funding, and they're in the process of making the rest of the movie. They're fantastic. And they're interviewing. Uh, Joanna should be interviewed because she, I actually agree ex- with you that Joanna should be interviewed. I agree. Yeah, she should yeah. be interviewed for that uh, documentary. I guess they're they're getting yep. uh, volunteer volunteers who are Rocky Horror fans and um, interviewing them and talking with them about their experience at uh, at the midnight shows. And I'm I'm just so excited to see the movie. I think they're planning on. Uh, premiering it at the 40th um, convention for the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I believe is September. Oh, I think you're right, actually. September 2015. So, um, so that will be something to look uh, forward to. Well, I think it's now time for um, brief messages from two of our loyal mm-hmm. listeners. <laughs> Comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts, Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters, Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty, show me the funny! You're listening to... Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie attic. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat for Movie Attic Headquarters. 
And now, back to our feature. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nancy and Steve, for those great promos. And dear listeners, be sure to check out Nancy's very funny comedy concept show right here on Blog Talk Radio each Monday and Friday morning at 1030 Eastern Time, as well as Steve Mendoza's entertaining shows on DreamStream Radio. And another entertaining show you must check out is the Mom and Pop Shop Radio Show, hosted by Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. It also airs on DreamStream Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And don't forget all the diverse shows on the Wacko Network here on Blog Talk Radio. There's something for everyone, and I think a show... At, le- at least one show every day on Blog Talk Radio. Um, Nikki, what I wanted to mention is our lineup for the rest of October. Uh, do we have time to do that? I think Nikki is, uh, has been been cut off, but she's still in the chat room. And I'm looking at the clock, and I believe we do just have time for that. We're hoping next week to have an expert on Sherlock Holmes films. And the following week, we'll be doing our um, annual uh, Aliens versus Monsters debate. And then on the last Tuesday of October, we'll be uh, hearing from our horror expert, A.J. Hockery, also known as the Mad Movie Man, who will be doing um, a whole show on the horror film genre. So I think we've got a great lineup for uh, October. Well, sorry to say our time is almost up, so I want to give a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, and special thanks to Nikki, as always, and to Danny Dyer, Richard B. Smart, and Neil Haley for their technical assistance, plus to our, our chatter today, Yawanda, as well as our other listeners, and I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please come back next time for another exciting episode about the world of film. In the meantime, don't you forget to check out our movie reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. Well, that's all for now, folks. Let's close the show doing, you guessed it, and I hope everyone is up on their feet or at least able to dance in their heads as we are going to do... The Time Warp Again. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Jump to the left. With your hands on your hips. 
all you can't No, not at all. In another dimension. With voyeuristic intention. Well secluded. I see all. With a bit of a mind flip. You're into the time slip. And nothing can ever be the same. Start of sensation Like you're under When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.